0: This is episode number 58 with Chris Ducker. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Upgrades, thanks so much for tuning in today on the Scoop of Greatness podcast. I'm super excited about this episode, as I am, I guess, every episode, because I wouldn't be breaking out these guests if I wasn't excited. Uh, but this one is with my good friend Chris Ducker, and it's all about creating virtual freedom. And have you ever had you know a business that you've been trying to grow that seemed a little overwhelming at times because there was all these different tasks to do? You had the social media that you wanted to create and grow and build. You had content that you were creating videos. Um, you wanted to build a website, you wanted to do design, you had slideshow presentations, you were guest writing, you were doing interviews, you were doing all these different things and you were building your business, generating sales, doing marketing, lots of different pieces to the puzzle. As entrepreneurs, there's lots of different pieces. And if we try to take it all on ourselves, if we try to do it all, we're gonna be end up spending 10, 15, 20 hours a day working on all these tasks as opposed to living the life of our dreams and doing what we're actually great at. We all have talents, we all have gifts, and that's what we should be using each day and focusing on are those talents, not the things that are hard for us to do or the things that take time and energy and are are challenging. Uh, There's gonna be things in our our business and our lives that will be challenging even with our talents, so allow ourselves to focus on those things and get the most out of our our talents and our gifts, as opposed to working on the things that don't really serve us at all. So this uh, interview is is great because I got to sit down with I got to sit down virtually with Chris because he's over in the Philippines and I'm in Los Angeles to talk about what it means to have virtual freedom and to have a a business with assistance, virtual assistance and assistance and really how to manage it all without it managing you uh, all this time and energy, but really navigating the entire process from hiring virtual assistants to giving them the right tasks, to learning how to train them without taking so much of your time, with making sure you're getting the most out of your, your team and everything in between. So it's all about having that vision for that lifestyle that you want those dreams you wanna achieve, the the relationships you want, and having the time to fulfill that vision, the time to be around the people you care about the most, the people you love the most, the time to chase your dreams, to work out, to to do what you wanna to do, to give back. And that's what this interview is all about. It's how to work with the virtual staff to buy more time, be productive, and build your dream business. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the one and only Chris Ducker on virtual freedom. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on Animal Welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and Sustainable Wild-caught Sockeye Salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like Feta Cheese Crumbles and Whole Wheat Pita Pockets, Wines from the Sun-soaked Vineyard, vineyards of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Flavors: French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, so you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store, and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious.
1: And
0: hey, welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. I've got a good friend of mine on here today, all the way from the Philippines, Tuning in. His name is Mr. Chris Ducker. What is up, Chris? What is up, my man? How are you doing? <laughs> doing great. And we're gonna have the little British accent on the whole whole episode because you're from. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna screw it right up now, aren't you're, I? For, for <laughs> you're you're a Londoner originally, right? Or from England? I am. I was actually born about ten minutes away from Centre Court in Wimbledon. So there, there you, go. you go. Okay, cool. Someone just
0: posted a picture on Instagram of them watching this podcast at the Wimbledon uh, train stop or tube stop nice what a coincidence there you go um awesome man well we've been uh we've been friends for what about two three years now maybe even more and luckily we have had the chance to connect in person a few times and you're just an amazing and incredible human being and uh, i appreciate you for that so i'm excited to to talk about your expertise which is on virtual freedom and uh, that's actually the title of your new book, "Virtual Freedom," which is how to work with virtual staff to buy more time, become more productive, and build your dream business. Boom! I'm excited about this, man.
1: Yeah, me too, brother. And uh, you know, thanks for all the nice things. You're, yeah. I got, I got to say, I know that you, you know, you have legion of fan here at the School of Greatness, and I know that your listeners just absolutely love you. But I, uh, you know, as, as our friendship has unraveled over the last few years, um, I, I mean, it's hard not to fall more and more in love with you. It's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to, man. You're doing great stuff. Well, that's what it's all about. I appreciate it, man.
0: Uh, this isn't about me. This is about you today. So <laughs> let's, let's dive into some of this stuff. And you've been, uh, you know, you've got an interesting background and experience. You actually used to be in a rock band. Isn't that right?
1: Well, it was a bit, it, you know. It sounds cooler when you say it was rock. We did play some rock music, but it was mostly soul, blues, and funk. That was what we were mostly about.
0: Yeah, gotcha. But you were like a rock star, is what I'd say then, because you were like the lead singer. And
1: <laughs> I was the lead singer. You used, absolutely...
0: you used to have long hair, and now you're bald, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. it was just a wig. It was just a wig the whole, the whole, the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was fun. You know, I, I always, I loved, I love performing, and it was one of those things that. Um, you know, regardless of what would happen during the week, uh, you know, work-wise or anything like that, that, you know, s- Friday night, Saturday night, we would be there. We'd be on stage. I'd play the hard rock in Manila a whole bunch of times and a few other really nice locations all around the Philippines. Um, and for me, it, it it was just like that release of stress and, and energy and all the rest of it at the end of the week. I, I love performing, man. And I still get up and jam every, every now and then. Still mm. get up and jam. hmm I like it. Do you play the uh, harmonica as well? I do poorly. I'm I'm definitely a frustrated hum, harp player. But uh, <laughs> you know, give give me a little hoochie coochie, man, and I can I can carry myself <laughs> with something like that. I like it, man. That's awesome. Now
0: <laughs> you uh, started your virtual staff finding
1: business years ago, right? In the yeah, it was. it was it was middle of uh, where are we now? Middle of 2010. Okay, cool. And why did you start a a virtual staff finding company? Well, actually um, it it, it came out of a blog comment Uh, and this is what I, what I'm all about. And this is why I love your stuff so much is because you are the epitome of listening to your audience. You produce what you know your audience is going to want to devour. And that's exactly what I did with virtual staff finders. So I had, throughout the course of 2010, I was blogging my way out of my business, and I had set this goal in in place that by the end of that year, I was going to be a full-time virtual CEO. I wasn't going to have to go to the office anymore. My 200-odd employees at that time were going to be managed by other people, so on and so on and so on. And um, in the middle of that year, I really started blogging heavily about virtual teams, VAs, working with outsource staff, because I've been doing it for years and years and years. Even before the four-hour work week had come out, I was already working with VAs, either on a project or a task basis, at least. And what was that so, business that you were doing where you were doing this before? Well, I mean I would utilize what I'm saying is I was utilizing the VAs. Sure. So I you no, know, I was hiring them for different projects and tasks, everything from web design right the way through to was, you know data collation and all that right. sort of stuff. Was this
0: for your company
1: or a different company you were working for at the time? Combo, combo the two. So I used to do a lot of consulting work when I first came to the Philippines. But then uh, 2006 is when I started the Lift to Sell group, which is now the umbrella company for my three businesses. And so um, I used to utilize these VAs for everything from research right the way down to location scouting, being here in the Philippines. It was handy having them over here, obviously. And so, yeah, it was nothing new to me. But then I got this blog comment that said, you know, I read the four hour work week. It was an amazing read. And I love what outsourcing can bring me, but I've had so many bad experiences with, with finding VAs. Mm. If only there was one spot, there was one source that I could go to that I trusted, I'd spend money on that. Mm. And it was like, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurial alarm bell started pinging in the background. And four weeks later, I gave birth to the virtual Starfinder, finder. And, and here we are now, you know, four years later. And uh, boom, 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 it is what it is. This is the frustrating thing, you know. A lot of people, probably who are listening to this
0: episode or who have listened to the show, are aware of the Four Hour Work Week and probably have read it. And uh, maybe even a bunch of people have tested out trying to find a virtual assistant. I know I did when I first read the book back in I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine, and um, it was extremely frustrating, like you said, uh, just like the communicating back and forth, not knowing what to look for, not knowing, you know, what to give someone to do, like how to delegate. Specific things, how to like keep your assistants, you know, occupied creating for you as opposed to just sitting idle and really how to like find a, you know, figure out the time gap. You know, if you're hiring someone in a different country who's, you know, 10 hours behind you or ahead of you, how do you navigate that? How do you facilitate that communication structure? And I found myself just getting frustrated and just kind of like giving up because I had no clue what I was doing. Um, and so that's kind of what you talked about. It's why you created this because a lot of people are having these huge problems, and you decided to give them the solution with your staff finding company. So you're in the Philippines. You actually moved there. Was it for work or was it because of uh, you
1: met a girl? I forget. No, which it, one was, it was <laughs> it was work. It yeah. was work. Then you met uh, a girl. I'm, I met a few girls, <laughs> and then I, and then I met the girl that I settled down with. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, um, yeah, no, it was it, 2000. It was originally for work, and. Um, you know, yeah, it's just kinda of, everything sort of just grew over the first four years or so of me being here. And then I started to do some very, very high level consulting work for some big, mostly US companies. Mm. And that was when I was setting up outsource facilities over here. And that was when I I really started to get, you know, head head deep uh, you know, into uh the outsourcing world. I, I touched on it for a while, but really it was 2003, 2004, that was when I really started to you know, make some serious money from a consulting perspective where I was helping other people set up outsource facilities mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. As small as 50 or 60 full-time employees, right. right the way up to, I think the largest project I worked on was about 3,000. Gotcha.
0: So here's some questions I have here about the book and just about virtual assistants in general.
1: Is when mm-hmm. when does you know that you need a virtual assistant? It's a great question, um, and it's different for everybody, obviously, right? Because it's a very this whole entrepreneurial journey is a very different one for all of us. But ultimately, I believe that there will come a time in every entrepreneurial journey where you're going to hit a crossroads, and you will have to make a choice. And at that point, you will the choice will be either to continue. Being the solopreneur that you are, working the 14, 15-hour days, six days a week, maybe even seven days a week, and kind of burning the candle at both ends, and ultimately burning out and hitting a wall and being no good to anybody, or the other option is to go in the other direction, and it's truly to start building a team. Mm. Um and that's, I think, you know, that's the easiest way to answer a question. is When's the best time? You'll know. You know. Overwhelm eventually will come to all of us. And it really comes down to whether you want to continue to handle it on your own or go find some help. I'll tell you what, man. It's it's interesting because
0: when I was starting out, I did a lot of the work myself. And I was working, you know, whatever, 10, 15 hours a day just like learning. Because I wanted to know what I was doing and really become a master at it. So for me, I enjoyed that first couple of years of Doing it all myself and figuring it out and then hiring out the things that I couldn't do, like design and the technical things online. But now it's so freeing when I want to create something and get something done. And I'm feeling like, gosh, am I going to do this myself and, you know, get it done maybe a little faster and have it the way I want it to be done? Or am I going to find someone who can do this for me? And, you know, I just did this yesterday. I'm working on a new slideshow presentation for a webinar and. I was like, again, I could do this myself and it would take me a couple hours and it'll be good. But I just passed over a step by step details of exactly what I wanted to, with some creative flexibility to someone and said, here you go. And they're running with it and it's going to be done today. And you know, it's going to be amazing because it's just like this freeing feeling of letting go of control and allowing someone else to do the work for you. So you can create or said, so I can create you know, the big picture thinking and strategy and the development of the business. And that's what I think is, is value invaluable about having a virtual assistant.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with that term letting go because that's, that's where everybody fails in my, in my book. Um, You know, most entrepreneurs, they need to let go. I talk about in the book, I call it superhero syndrome where they believe that they could and should be handling everything themselves. Um, and the fact of the matter is once you let go of that superhero syndrome and you understand that there are tens of thousands of ridiculously talented people all around the world that actually nine times out of ten can do this stuff better than you. The slide deck is a perfect example. You know, um, a logo design, a website mm. layout, you know, whatever the case may be. We are all we're, we can all hold our own with Photoshop. We can all hold our own, with, you know, with, with – Installing a WordPress theme and playing around with some plugins—we can all do this stuff, right? But it's not what we should yeah. be doing as the business, as 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 the head honchos in in our lives. It's not what we should be doing. And the moment entrepreneurs start letting go, that's when the when the real greatness is unleashed. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel you, man. I like that. And it's true, though. I mean,
0: you know, if I'm you know I'm charging three thousand dollars an hour for just consulting on online marketing and webinars and business stuff. So it's like, if I'm going to spend an hour of my time creating a slideshow or a logo, you know, I can't even use, I can't even do Photoshop. So for me, it's more of like pick monkey or like, or something (laughs) like that, you know, it's something simpler because I'm just not that creative on the design side of things. But if I'm going to spend an hour of my time doing anything, that's $3,000 lost or potentially leveraging that to even, uh, you know, $20,000, um, an hour if I'm, if I'm being honest with myself with what I'm able to create with that time. So it's, uh, it's just not worth it. And it just holds you back from not creating wealth, but trading your time for dollars. If you're just doing all the work yourself. So, um, I like that answer, man. Um, but what do you tell someone who's like, you know what? I've tried virtual assistants. I've hired them and it became more work for me than it was a relief. And. It stressed me out. It actually wasted months of my time because we couldn't communicate. They weren't getting it. And I just ended up getting frustrated and saying, you know what? This is not for me and I'm never doing it again. What do you say to someone like that?
1: You know, there are going to be those people out there. I've I've come across a lot of them. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear from people when they first get going with outsourcing is, why should I bother outsourcing this task? Whatever the task may be to someone else when I can do it just as quickly myself. right? I hear that all the time. And let's take an example of, say, laying out a blog post. Now, this is after you've written the content, okay? Because there are certain things that you shouldn't be outsourcing. The creation of your original content is one of them, for sure. But everything else, I feel, can be outsourced, okay? For want of a better term, can be outsourced. But let's look at that. Let's say you Let's say you put together the blog content itself. Now you've got to lay it out on the page and make it look pretty or whatever. On average, I time myself five times doing this on five different blog posts, various lengths, embedding videos and podcasts and infographics and all the rest of it. On average, it was 45 minutes at a time. I asked three or four other people to do the same thing and they all came in at around 45 minutes to an hour as well. So this is my this is my reaction to this well the next time you do that task that no one else can do better than you in your mindset anyway, the next time you do that hit record on screenflow or Camtasia or some other type of screen recording software and talk yourself through why you're putting that picture there, why you're using bold italics. As the CTA, as a call to action in your last sentence, why you're including links to these particular blog posts on these particular, you know, uh, anchor text or whatever the case may be, talk it through. Spend forty five minutes creating that training video, then dump it in the Dropbox. Give it to one of your VAs, have them watch it a few times, and never do that task again. I like That's that. it. Yeah, and you can also th- use th- these. Are- go on go ahead i was just say you know if you don't if you don't know what screenflow
0: is there's a, a free tool called jing that jing, you could use as right. well this little and i exactly. actually like that because it's only 5 minutes long right so you have to be like be concise with your right with i your,
1: mean yeah. yeah jing is great i've used jing a whole bunch of times but sometimes you do need more than five minutes to train somebody properly in a task and therefore you can't really use it but Jing is great I mean there's a whole lot of other I I think there's another one Screencast-O-Matic or something like that as well there's a lot of different stuff out there but that's just one example right there Um, and you know nine times out of ten nine times out of ten when this whole outsourcing thing doesn't work out it's usually the fault of the entrepreneur or the virtual boss rather than the VA because mm. this is this is one of the biggest misconceptions a lot of people have when they get going with outsourcing is that one person can do everything for them and right. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Outsourcing is not a magic pill, you right? Want, you, that you want it to be not. like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean we all want it to be like that. I mean, you know, but ultimately it's not like that. I mean you look at it in the concept of building a house. You work with an architect to design it, then you get a head contractor. That head contractor will make sure that that house is yeah. built as it's been designed by your architect. But they're not going to do the plumbing, the electrical, right. the roofing, the brick. I mean, they're going to they're going to subcontract that work to people that do just that particular role on a day to day basis because they want it done properly. And, here's and our sourcing should be the same way. And here's
0: the thing: that general contractor could probably it's probably knows how to do it all, like decently but it's yes if he did it all he could do it all but it would take him longer it wouldn't be an excellence and uh you know it just wouldn't be done as efficiently so that's that's i think the struggle you know i've done this in the past where i'm like oh this guy can uh can be can design i wonder if he can code it up too for my website and i try to like have him do everything and it's just like there's bugs and you know you just can't do it
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: You can claim victory in sports, on the job site, even on your taxes by switching to H&R Block. Block offers many ways to file to fit your schedule. A 100% accurate return on your max refund or your money back. Plus, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. Switch today and feel like a tax champion this tax season. It's better with Block. Make an appointment at HRBLOCK.com. Disclaimer: All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per use charges, and third party services. I guess that really is Nada yada yada. At Metro by T Mobile. Nada yada yada. Nice man. Well, you talk about uh you talk about creating your three lists to freedom. Now, what are these three lists and why are they so important?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something that I did myself. So late 2009, I hit burnout. And um, I had been working those 15, 16-hour days for a few years building my company. We were actually doing really, really well business-wise. We were very profitable financially. We were very, very comfortable, about 130-odd employees. But I did. I hit a brick wall. And between Christmas and New Year, myself and my wife – Went away for a few days. We had a little staycation here in Cebu. We went down to one of the islands and we talked about the situation we we're in and how to get out of it. And we, you know, we came to the very, very clear conclusion that I was no longer running the business. The business was running me. Mm. And I couldn't have that anymore because I knew I wasn't going to survive for much longer with it. Uh, you know, something was going to give and my health was already starting to give. And so what I did is I, I, I literally, I remember like it was yesterday, man. It was over breakfast. I grabbed one of the paper napkins and a pen, and I just drew two lines down on this thing. And I said, right, I'm going to write three lists out here. And I remember my wife saying, well, what what list? What are you talking about? So I'm going to write down a list of all the things I don't like doing every day, all the things I'm struggling doing, or maybe I can't do, and then a list of all the things that I feel I shouldn't be doing. And I sat and I started that over breakfast, and five hours later, I had put it out into a huge brain dump of tasks over about four or five different pages. You know, you get the free hotel paper if you want to make notes and things like that. Uh, You know, and so uh, I, 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 I put it all out there, and there it was. So the first list was a list of all the things, all the tasks I hated doing day to day, and I would procrastinate all day long. And then rushed doing these tasks. I hated them so much, but I knew my business demanded them of me. So that was the first list. The second list was a list of all the things that I couldn't do, but I was trying to do because of my own superhero syndrome. Right. right. So things like designing websites, designing logos, doing, you know, everything from, you know, decent competitive analysis. Believe it or not, you know, I'm a great entrepreneur but i suck at certain things like you know you know looking through my my competitors websites and coming up with what what's working for them and what's not that's not what i'm about i'm i'm a starter i start things and build things that's what i do and so that was my second list the list of all the things i felt i couldn't do i was struggling to do and then the third list was by far the most important thing the whole afternoon was spent on this last list and what i did is i wrote down a list of all the things that i felt I shouldn't be doing on a day to day basis. And the reason why this was so powerful was because number one, some of these tasks I liked doing, like training my staff. Mm. Right. Number two, some of them I was really, really good at doing, like business development. But as the business owner, should I be doing those things or should I be spending more time on, you know, hanging out with my Top 20% clientele or coming up with new products or services or going to networking events and you know, that sort of type of thing. So those developed into those three lists of freedom. I didn't realize it at the time when I started at breakfast putting those together, but that, that exercise has now helped hundreds of i mean probably well over hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs Mm. around the world because i've done them on a whole bunch of podcasts and even live on stage at conferences and things like that as well it's a game changer yeah it's a game changer and and i consistently bring it up throughout the course of the book as well because it all kind of starts with that one initial brain dump
0: yeah i think it's really getting clear on what you want and what you don't want and Mm -hmm. uh the tasks you don't want to do are extremely valuable because if you can free up all those things that you don't want to do, if you free that up, you're just creating this amazing energy and life for yourself that's allowing you to start doing what you do love. And that's what it's all about when you create a a virtual business and you have resistance. It's freeing up the things that you aren't great at so that you can uh, do the things you love to do. That's it. That's the way I
1: look at it. And and the things you should be doing, you know what I mean? That's the thing the things you should be doing, the things only you can do yeah. in your business. Yeah, exactly,
0: your talents, yeah. It's interesting, you know, <clears throat> I get a, a few books a week that are sent to me for people that want to be on the show and uh, I can't read a, three books a week. It's like, it's too much. So what I end up doing is I'll right. I'll skim them and I'll kind of like go through the the main points and just see what's bolding in the, the chapters and kind of what stands out and see if I, you know, what I can learn. And then what I do is I give it to my assistant. And, uh, it's an interesting because she, she created a list of questions to ask, you know, and I already had a bunch of questions, but she just made it really nice for me. And she found other things that I probably wouldn't have found with just skimming. So she has a list of questions that she put in the book. She, it's on my desk, ready to go when my one for the time of our interview. Uh, I look at it, you know, 10 minutes before I see all the questions, I kind of skim through the book again. And she tells me like, when do you know you need a virtual assistant? And then she say, "How important is creating the three list of freedom?" Page twenty. So I go to page twenty and I'm like, "Okay." Love it. I'm like, "All there right, you go. here's the three list of freedom." I'm like, skimming it. I'm like, "Okay, this is the most important things I need to know." And there's all these other notes here that I'm going over, you know. And then she gives a little sticky note in the book that says "must read." And I open to that page, and it's a page that I didn't even know you did this, but it talks about me and her. It says, you know, <laughs> you talked about uh, how. Have you, have
1: you got the book in front of you? Read it out. What yeah, page is yeah, it? it's a. I can't even remember now where is I put a, that. In.
0: This is an advanced review copy, so I don't know if it's the same page, but it's page one seventy-seven in this copy. And it okay. says, it says, lifestyle entrepreneur Lewis House is an ex-pro athlete turned podcaster, speaker, business coach, and content creator. He plays the delegation game perfectly, except for his personal assistant, who works physically with him. He only hires on a project basis. But it's uh, using the right people for the right jobs to make what he does so effective. Uh, so that part where it says it's personal assistant and works physically for him uh, with him, she like put must read with exclamation point. I thought that was kind of
1: funny. Love it. I mean, so she genuinely sat and read this book for I mean, him. She read the whole thing. She read yeah. the whole thing. Otherwise, how would she have seen this little sentence that and she's and she's now she's not concerned about losing her job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right, because she knows that that's what's different about you. you know what I mean. You know, that that is a very clear task right there as someone who, you know, who talks to people on a regular basis for his quote unquote job, right? That's one of your jobs is to right. interview people that are interesting. And when you do get these books that are sent to you and you know that you're going to have to interview these authors or whatever the case may be, it takes hours and hours and hours of prep work for one of these interviews i know i'm a podcaster myself um and you know my show is very very conversational but i still prep for each show in some way shape or form um and a lot of the time i will also pass that to one of my vas as well because i personally don't have the time to do it so i'm i'm excited to hear that you delegated the prep work for this conversation (laughs) it's good not that you really need it because we know each other pretty good anyway (laughs) exactly
0: And she actually put, I'm looking at the back page of these notes now. She said, (laughs) I didn't even see this until just now, but she said, see page 177, highlighted smiley face, best part. So interesting. (laughs) So what? uh, Here, I've got a bunch of questions that she's written down for me. So let me get through some of these. What are some tips for balancing being a virtual micromanager and and being completely hands-off?
1: That's a that's a good question
0: because um, because I mean, you know you you know as a as a controlling individual I want to have things look the right way and I want them to be my way or it's the highway type of deal you know so it's like how does someone manage who is maybe controlling like that how does someone manage that without being like on top of them constantly but giving them being completely hands off so you know the job's going to be done well
1: yeah I mean I I always find that funny where people hire outsource staff. And then they kind of sit in front of their screens micromanaging like a virtual vulture. Right. And it just it, it totally defeats the object of the entire game. So I, I, I don't get it myself, but I know that it happens. Um, and I mean, really, it comes down to one of the big misconceptions that people have is that they believe that their VAs are going to work perfectly right out of the box. That they are, they've got the skill set, they've got the experience, therefore they should know exactly how you want things done. Mm. And this is where the importance of training your VA comes into play. I mean, when your PA started with you, you had to tell her how you liked things yeah. done. Yeah, right. It's it definitely a process. Right, and it's exactly the same. With a virtual assistant, you've got to spend some time. You've got to put these little Jing videos together and write some bullet point training and, and delegation task lists and things like that. You can just because just because your VA has got the skill sets needed and has the relevant experience that you required for that role to be hired for, that doesn't mean that they know exactly how you like things done. Mm. Uh, and it's very important to understand it. I, re- I remember a story. I had a client a few years ago that uh, called me up one day, and he was freaking out, saying that his VA let him down, that he, but all this sort of stuff. And the task was basically to put together a list of Hannah Montana products for his daughter for a Christmas gift. Mm. And she had put this list together of these these toys or whatever, dolls, you know, magazines, whatever it was, um, along with the price. And she had made it, you know, kind of put, you know, it was XL. It was some purples and pinks and it was Hannah Montana. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. So she sends it all through to the guy and he's totally freaking out. Saying, Why is she used purple and pink? Um, my corporate colors are blue and green. Why is she not included a link to, you know, Amazon so I can purchase these things directly? Uh, why she used Ariel 10? I'm a, I'm a times 12 guy and all this. And I said, well, you know, did you tell? your VA all of this. This is how you want these things done. And he said, no, I just assumed, assumed that she would know. so says, ah, there you go. So, you know, the lesson there is to not assume and not to believe that your VA is going to work perfectly out of the box. The importance of training is very, 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 very paramount in the success of any outsource program. Um, obviously, some VAs are going to need more training than others, but ultimately, you do have to spend some time training a new hires. This is where I got
0: caught up in the beginning when I first started this because I just assumed that they would just read my mind kind of like right. a girlfriend, right. you know, like a girlfriend, which is the man would read uh, her mind, just know what to say and know what to do right. and know what she wants at all times. Um, right. So, and that's why it was frustrating for me early on. It was just like, oh, why aren't they getting this? They should just know what I want by looking at my website and just understanding sure. me, right? <laughs> But yeah, that's not the yeah. case. And I think, uh, to get, to make anything easy for yourself and efficient and smooth, you're gonna have to put in some hard work or just some time and energy in the, in the beginning process to then ensure that it'll be smooth for a long time coming. And like you said, my, my assistant, my physical assistant, you know, it was a, a probably a month of her understanding my patterns, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I needed, what she, you know, what she felt comfortable with, what I felt comfortable with. And, uh, it's just a process. So as long as you're willing to go through the process and, you know, get a little dirty here and there, then, uh, the goal is that it'll be smooth for a long time coming, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to get a little dirty. Just expect it. It's going to happen. It's a new process. Um, and you know, I always say that Rome wasn't built in the day, mm. but it also took a lot more than just one person to build it. Yeah. Interesting. That's true.
0: So some tips just to clarify there are some tips for for training a VA is really create these documents and these video kind of like modules showing step by step of what you want, how you want it and being very clear and then just giving them access and saying hey watch these videos. So there'll be a training process, but that's are there any other parts when you're when you hire uh, when you're training a VA that we can uh that we should focus on besides, you know, making sure that Yeah,
1: you're I mean you process? got to You've got to be very clear in regards to your expectations on delivery as well. So, mm. you know, if if you want a task done by 2 p.m. on Tuesday, say 2 p.m. on Tuesday. Don't say Tuesday. You know what I mean? Because it might come in at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Mm. Um, You know, I, I have found over the course of the years that I've been working with not just physical staff or people within my facility, but also virtual as well, that the more direct that I get, not only in my training, but also just within my day-to-day management and the expectation that I have of my staff, the more direct, the more blatant, the more brash, the more upfront that I am, the better the results. Right. And I mean, I, I truly mean that. And people, people know now that when they have a meeting with me, or if they want to knock on my door and come into my office if I'm in the facility and talk to me. and and share a problem with me, they now know that they cannot walk into that office of mine with just the problem. They've got to have at least one idea for the solution. Mm, It doesn't need to be the right idea, but just give me something. You know what I mean? Don't just just walk through the door and say, I've got a problem. Help me. That's Mm. not what I'm paying you to do. I'm I'm paying you to help me solve those problems, not <laughs> right, the other right. Do the yeah. research yourself, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it was a long time coming to get all these processes in place. Another thing that I do, um, and this is also a little tip in regards to day-to-day management of your VAs, get a daily report put together. I don't care yes. if they've been working with you for one week or one year. Always ask them to send you at least, and what I do is just a, a simple bullet-pointed email. That comes through to me at the end of every day, that I can read at my leisure at some point in the evening, because I work kind of kooky hours with all my clients being all around the world. And usually in the evening, I'll I'll log on and I'll I'll, I'll ha- I have two full time GVAs. The rest of my staff are either part time or uh, uh, you know on a project basis or task basis when it comes to my virtual staff. That is, um, and I'll get these two uh, emails from both Marie and Michelle. Every single day, and there'll usually be a handful of bullet points of what they cover that day. Plus, every single time they send me an email, they got to give me one suggestion a suggestion on overcoming a problem they had that day, or a suggestion for a new business model, or a new product, or a new FAQ that we can put on the website, or something. Now, a lot of the time, a lot of the time, those suggestions will be worthless. Right. Okay. But every now and then, (laughs) they will be golden, and they will make you hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that has happened to me on several occasions in the last four or five years of working with these two particular ladies. And now, because they've been on board with me so long, they kind of, they understand what's going to be weak and what's going to be strong. So it is, it's a process, man. You got to build it up over a period of time, just like you do with any member of staff.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I had a, you know, not to go into too much detail, but I... I had a, an employee that was working, lived in L.A., but was working uh, here. Then decided to work from home. I said, cool, here's what I need. I need to have an update at noon. You know, just kind of the same thing, a bullet points of what you've created by noon and then what you've created by by 5. Just so I can know that what, you know, I was, I was paying a lot more than a virtual assistant uh, payment. I was paying basically a full-time employee who was local in Los Angeles. So I was paying a lot. His position, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was just like I need an update to know that you know the money, the hundreds of dollars I'm spending every day is going towards making money and not just sitting idle or losing money. And uh, it was like a challenge for him to, to update me. He was like, Well, I'm not getting in the flow when I do this, so I have to stop. And I'm like, Dude, it takes three minutes. And if, and if, it, <laughs> right. ta- if it takes you a total of 10 minutes total, then that's what I need to, to know that what you're doing is creating. You know, building my business as opposed to just sitting idle. Because if you're not around, how do I know you're creating something. So uh, I think that's extremely valuable and important to have that update, whether it's twice a day or at the end of the day, you know, just some update
1: every day of what your money is going towards for your peace of mind. Because well, it's I mean, it's it's not just for the peace of mind, and it is absolutely so. But it's also to empower your staff. It's to empower your people to say. I am getting paid to do something to either run, support, or grow this business. And today I'm gonna show boss what I did. And well, I love that. I eat that stuff up. I yeah. really do. I, I'm all about empowering, and I know you are as well, man. Of course, of course, yeah.
0: Giving people an opportunity to see what they can create and 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 step up. That's what it's all it's about. A- nice man. Well, what you know, in the book, you have lists and lists of tasks that people can do uh because some people are like well what if i don't have the money or enough work to hire a part-time or full-time virtual assistant and you've got i mean we can't even go over all this but it's like tons of stuff that you have written down here of what people can do and it's again it's it's hiring based on need and based on specific things not just like one person for everything so you've got someone who can do all social media management you've got someone who can do all content creation and writing and you've got a video editing and you have all the tasks written out for each one of these positions and you talk about all that stuff so what if you know what if someone's like well i don't have enough work for someone and uh you know what
1: do you tell them well then you just hire for the tasks that you have it's as simple as that see Generally, there's two different types of outsourcing. There's either task or project-based outsourcing, and then there's team-related outsourcing. I'm I'm a massive advocate of building the team, right? But that doesn't mean that if I don't have a need for somebody full-time, that I'm not going to go looking for someone to handle either that task or to manage your work on that project for me. Now, with a task-based outsourcing It's just that it's the task. Let's say an example is a perfect example would be a logo design. You'd either go to Odesk or Elan's or 99 designs or a website of that nature. You'd post your job. You tell them what you, you know, what you want your logo to look like. You maybe show them some examples of stuff that you like that you found elsewhere online. And then people would pitch you for the job. You hire them. They do the work. You tweak it. You get the final specs, everything's happy, you pay them, boom, you go your separate ways. That's task-based outsourcing right there. And that's the exact way that everybody can dip their toe in the outsourcing river, see what the water's like, and give it a go. And once they do that a whole bunch of times and they start sitting down and making those three lists of freedom for themselves, they'll understand that this is not necessarily a task-based situation anymore. Maybe I can do a project. Mm. Maybe I got a, a new e-commerce website that I'm going to be launching. Well, this is more than just one person. I need a project manager. I need a web designer. I need a developer. Maybe someone that's good with you know, back-end databases or whatever the case may be. Then I gotta, you know, work on the on on the the promotion, the marketing this. I need mm. a slide deck done for a webinar or this, that, and the other. Before you know what's happening, now you got four or five people that's required. Well, sure. you go out and you hire one person mm. to be your project manager who's done something similar in the past, and you let them handle the rest of it for you. It's kinda of like and, your it's you know, kinda of like
0: a general contractor building a house.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: and exactly. You, and you call this your general VA, right?
1: The general VA is the perfect Role for every, you know, modern day entrepreneur. I believe that every modern day entrepreneur doing business today should have a GVA on board. Mm, It's great, yeah. And you talk about you've got a whole, you know,
0: graphic here on page one sixty one that shows the virtual team interaction with the general VA. You've got someone doing SEO and web marketing. You've got another person doing content writing. You've got another person doing, you know, mobile app creation or developer. (laughs) Audio, video editors, graphic designers, web developers, anyone else—they're all going underneath, basically, or in and around the general VA, and they're managing the team as opposed to you trying to manage six or seven people, or one or two
1: people, even. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just—it's a lot of energy trying to manage that. So, well, what will happen there. is you'll—you'll you'll start off with that GVA, and you'll have all the energy and everything be cool. Then you might hire excuse me, that web developer or that SEO guy. But once you get to four or five people, now you're not running your business anymore. Now you're just managing people. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's a great time to look at your GVA as a potential promotional situation and turn them into the project manager that you need. And then you can get back to running your business again and have them run the team.
0: Right. No, I like it. And, um, and you also have, you know, in the book, you've got a lot of, different processes for like okay what do you do when you have a an assignment and you talk to you have a step-by-step process of like you know uploading it to the google drive and then here's what's next and here's what's next so i think that's amazing and it's a great reason why people should should read this uh and there's a lot of stuff that
1: yeah, you're talking about the last section of the book. I think, yeah. well, the second to last section of the book is when where I'm talking about content yeah. and yeah. repurposing a lot of content and get you, getting your team to do it. Yeah. I, and here's a little uh, caveat there for you. That section of the book was the last section I wrote, and it's not because it's at the back of the book. It wasn't even in the book mm. to begin with and i had so you know i started asking people on my facebook page on my google plus twitter blog you name it you know what do you want to see in the book you know i'm i'm kind of i'm in the middle of it right now what do you want to see and they all started coming back to me actual process flows show me how to create a new blog post sure. show me how to conduct research properly show me how to create and upload a video create an ebook put a product together, you know, a Kindle book or, you know, put a promotional plan in place, all these different little flow charts, so to speak, that people can physically follow. And I've even had people send me emails recently where they've taken photos of the book and they've they've copied me in to the emails that they're sending their VA saying, literally do this. (laughs) And I love that. I, I mean, that's a massive compliment, you know? That's awesome, and I'm sure
0: you get questions all the time about hiring locally and hiring overseas. So, mm-hmm. what what do you recommend? Is it better to hire a virtual assistant, you know, in your country or in a different country? And, and I
1: think that you know, and, and this is you know, it's a debate that could go on for hours. And I I talk about it obviously in the book, and I've discussed it on many many occasions. But ultimately, man, it's not down the geographic location. It's really not. It, it, it really comes down to hiring the right, pe- the right person or the right people for that role, or for those jobs. If that person happens to be in your backyard and you can afford them, great. If they happen to be on the other side of the world and maybe you're bootstrapping a little and you need a little financial you know, flexibility, then that's going to be a great model for you. But ultimately, it all comes down to hiring the right people for the right jobs. And if you keep that at the forefront of your mind when you are building a team, I believe you can't go wrong because we all need good people. We all need good people. It just so happens that there are some unbelievably good people spread out around the entire globe now. And I think it's just an advantageous thing for for business owners nowadays to not have to keep looking in their backyard, to have that that open-mindedness to think to themselves, you know what? maybe there's a really good developer in Switzerland, which is where one of my developers is based, by the way, or maybe there's a really good transcriptionist in LA, which is again, where, where my transcriptionist lives. So I'm here in the Philippines, but I'm outsourcing out of the Philippines to people because they're the right people for those jobs.
0: Right, right. Gotcha. Nice. And, um, how much should we be paying for a virtual
1: assistant? Well, it does depend on where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're in the U.S. or the U.K., the Australia, Western-type world, you're going to be paying more. I mean, that's a given. But, I mean, you know, to give you a rough idea, a GVA with two to three years' experience here in the Philippines working full-time for you, 40 hours a week, you're looking at a starting salary of anything between – Five to $800 a month, mm. US, right. depending on their experience level. Now, that might sound really low to a lot of people. Um, and I get it. It is over in the United States. But here, an $800 a month salary, I mean, there are, you know, there are doctors that are not making that much money. Right, exactly. So, you know, it just goes to show you these VAs are skilled workers. They know they're skilled workers as well. Four, five years ago, six years ago when Tim's book came out for our work week at first, Mm -hmm. these guys were making, you know, the starting salary for somebody within this realm would have been $250, $300. Right. But it's doubled and then some because now they know that they're in demand. They know that they're skilled workers. They know that people need their talent and their experience on their team. Mm. And therefore they've jacked up the prices, but it's still ridiculously cheaper than working with somebody local. Right. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. What is the
0: biggest gift virtual freedom has given you?
1: Being there. That's it. Being there. Um, you know, I go back to 2009. I was working those ridiculously long hours. My son, my youngest son, turned one and i realized that by the end of 2009 when he turned one i hadn't spent a whole lot of time with him and that made me very 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 sad and i'm honestly speaking i'm choking up a little bit right now just talking about it because i lost an, an entire year okay fine he wasn't running around and playing with lego and shooting hoops with me like he is today but it was still an entire year and it was an entire year also that, you know, and some that I wasn't spending time with my wife mm. as much as I wanted to as well. So for me, virtual freedom has given me the opportunity to just be there more. And a couple of years ago, I had back surgery, as you know. And one of the beautiful things about all the pain and the anguish and and the, and the recovery and everything that I went through with that, back surgery was that I started practicing yoga and my wife started practicing with me. She fell head over heels in love with yoga. She's now a yoga instructor, actually. She's done all the courses and all the rest of it. But you know what the really good thing about that was? We got to spend, because I was doing one hour a day, we got to spend an additional five hours a week together. And I wouldn't have been able to do all these different things if I'd have been shackled to my desk the way that I was before I discovered that virtual freedom for myself. And that is the exact reason why I wrote the book, man. It it was about telling people it doesn't need to be this way. Society has has engulfed us with an incredible amount of BS when it comes to what success actually means. And success is not working 15 hours a day, six days a week, having our smartphones you know glue to our hands all the time that is not success mm-hmm. you know what i mean it might be it might be deemed success by a lot of people within society but that is not that that is just being more stressed having less time with your family and you know what are you going to do with your money if you're working 15 hours a, a day anyway you're not going to spend it anywhere you're too busy making more mm-hmm. so I, it, it really made me take stock and boy oh boy I I just I love being in the situation where I am today and that's, that's honestly the reason why I wrote the book is to try and educate people it doesn't need to be that way there is another way to be able to do it
0: I love it man well I think everyone should definitely go check this book out virtual freedom how to work with virtual staff to buy more time become more productive and build your dream business I'm excited that you wrote this man I appreciate you for all the work that you've done over the years in developing this information so that the rest of the world can really utilize having virtual freedom for themselves. And I know uh, you've supported me in finding a virtual assistance through your company and uh, through your staff and company. And you've got great content, a great podcast. And it's all over at chrisducker.com. Isn't that right? That is correct. That is right. Awesome, man. And uh, final question of the interview. It's what is your definition of greatness?
1: My definition of greatness is answering questions and providing solutions to problems. That's what I do day to day. That's what my role is as an entrepreneur is to do those two things is to provide answers to people's questions and to create solutions to their problems.
0: Chris Ducker, the virtual freedom rock star. Thanks so much, my man, for coming on.
1: (laughs) Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man.
0: There you have it, greats. I hope you enjoyed this episode on the School of Greatness podcast. And make sure to check out also another link virtualfreedombook.com got some cool stuff there some prizes if you want to get the book uh, he's got some uh, some gifts he's giving away over there as well for people who get the book over at virtualfreedombook.com we'll have all of this on the show notes of course back at the hub lewishouse.com or you can check out schoolofgreatness.com as well but uh, there's going to be lots of show notes there resources on finding virtual assistants Uh, information about his book, and Chris as well. You can connect with him and ask him questions over on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoy it, learning about how to maximize my time and my energy so that I can continue to live the life of my dreams. There's, there's definitely some ups and downs here and there in the hiring process and the, the management process of having a team, but it's worth it in the end if you know how to navigate it the right way. So pick up a copy of this book again, check out the show notes at lewishouse.com. Please share it with your friends over on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you are in the world. I love getting pictures on Instagram. Um, uh, where you guys are listening to these shows these these episodes so if you are listening to it somewhere right now just go ahead and take a little selfie or anything of where you're at in the world and go ahead and tag me on instagram at Lewis House. would love to connect with you guys there and see what you guys are creating when you're listening to the podcast with that guys you know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great